It's time now for Witness to Hope. Stories of faith and hope from people you may know right here in the Marquette area. You'll hear how God has sustained others with courage and perseverance even through some of life's most difficult challenges. We are inspired to trust in God's loving care for us even when we don't understand His ways. As St. Paul tells us in Romans 5, 3-5, we rejoice in our sufferings knowing that suffering produces endurance, endurance produces character, character produces hope, and hope does not disappoint us because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, which has been given to us. Tonight on Witness to Hope, four young men who have chosen to walk with Christ. They met in high school and formed a bond based on faith that is strong to this day. They call themselves the Bros, and you'll hear their story right now. I'm talking to four young men from the Marquette area who have chosen to walk in faith. Let's introduce ourselves while we're at it. I'm Kim Parker, who will be moderating this discussion. And we have Matthew. Yep, Matthew Janowski. And uh, your dad, Brian, right? Yep. <laughs> and Brian's here, so... I'm you, here. you got to behave yourself there, mm -hmm. Matthew. And then we've got Evan. Yep, I'm Evan Ampey. Evan Ampey. And Eamon is on the phone. Yep, me, uh, Eamon Weed. Eamon Weed, and then Ted. Yep, Ted Henke here. Okay, so Matthew, why don't you kick this off? How would you characterize this group of friends? And what I want to say before he answers is anybody can jump in at any time and just uh, sort of identify yourself up top for our listeners. And so I want to start with Matthew. And uh, what's the deal with you guys, the bros? What is this? Yeah, so I would say that we're a group of young Catholic men from the Marquette area. And we, we really came together around, around because of our faiths. And, of course, there's other things, shared interests that we hold, but the main bonding factor in our friend group is the Catholic faith. Okay, so Evan, tell us your story just a, a little bit. I want to just get a little bio now. You've got a pretty big family, right? Yeah, yeah, I've actually got uh, 10 siblings. Two of them are, are adopted from Ukraine and have Down syndrome, so it's a good time. It's a busy house, you know. Lots of stuff to do. Pretty loud, but I uh, I love it. Pretty loud, he says. Ted, you've got a big family too, right? Yeah, I have seven siblings. I have five sisters and two brothers. I'm actually towards the younger end, so it's a little more quiet in the house now. But it's a, definitely a fun time, especially with all the in-laws and nieces and nephews. Okay, lots of fam family with this group. And then, Eamon, what is your deal? little bio. Yeah, so I guess I'm very similar to Ted, actually. I have I also have five sisters and two brothers. But I'm on the older side. I'm the oldest of eight. But yeah, no, faith has been a very important part of my life that my parents have made a priority instilled in me and my siblings growing up. And so that kind of was uh, one of the things that led to me running into and meeting Matthew and Ted and Evan. And where are you right now, by the way? Yeah, so I'm I'm actually in East Jordan right now, which is a little south of the Mackinac Bridge. So my my family's been doing some moving around. My dad's a my dad's a teacher, and so he's actually teaching in the East Jordan area. But I'm visiting them right now, taking a little time off from work okay. to help them move and and spend some time with them. All right, sounds good. And Matthew, give us your story, just a little bio. So I grew up in in Marquette, and have been going to St. Peter's my whole life. I've I've been participating in the Catholic programs or youth groups and stuff for my 
for my whole life. Some of those were like Berger Youth Fraternity or Going Deeper or Youth Encounter. And I also really enjoyed the outdoors. I like hunting and fishing. And I play violin. Yeah. Okay, so so how did this all start with the with the bros? The bros. So it all started about two years ago when our friend Russ Modell, he invited me to his Thursday night holy hour. So I started going to that regularly and then we just gradually started inviting other people. Mm-hmm. So that was Evan and Ted and Eamon after we met him at Youth Encounter and when he was in town. And unfortunately, Russ couldn't be here today, but... So was Russ a bro? Yes. Yep. Oh, <laughs> yep. You can get all the bros. <laughs> For and sure. Matthew, what do you mean by holy hour? Holy that, hour. That's so... Brian. That's Brian, Matthew's dad. Yep. So we, w- we would go to chapel at St. Peter's, the Eucharistic Adoration Chapel, and pray for an hour. And so that would be like quiet time or singing songs together or just like praying openly together, the rosary, divine office, night prayer. Yeah. And then usually afterwards there would there'd be some fun, fun activity involved. Fun stuff. Yeah. So uh, Evans, this is, this is pretty accurate, what he's saying here? Or? Oh yeah, I uh, I don't think it's it's a lie at all. It's no, a, it's not lying. <laughs> no, no, man, he's, he's an honest man. That's good. Trust him. That's good. So that's how you came together. How, so you were like, did Matthew invite you, or how? You know, how do you, I don't know how it started. Yeah, so I was kind of invited after the fact, I guess. You know, I wasn't cool enough to be one of the originals, but uh, oh. Matthew and Matthew and Russ were going to this holy hour, and they were hanging out after after it to the the late hours, and I'd hear stories from both of them about did this and that, and it all sounded really fun. And then they they were always very welcoming, and you can come whenever. And so I uh, I made it out, and uh, it's it's a lot of fun and really good thing to to pray with with your friends and then go go have some fun so. so ted how did how did you get invited it's kind of the same thing you know like after the fact kind of hearing about it through them and they're like oh why don't you come uh, every thursday night and pray with us and hang out afterwards and it's kind of something i was like longing for too from going to a catholic school and having that community and finding that community at home was really nice and helpful for me to continue to grow my faith here and have it not be like a stopgap when I come home because I don't have a community to come to. Mm-hmm. And Eamon? Yeah, so I kind of in similar to Ted and, and Evan. So I was in Marquette in the, the summer after I graduated from high school. And so I kind of ran into Matthew and Russ, and they invited me to Holy Hour. And there was a late night we were up prayed from like 11 to 12 15 or 12 30 and we're just ended up staying in the cathedral until one that night just what? talking about uh philosophy talking about some of our some of our families like history and, and so it was just it was a great conversation and and i think i mean at that point it was not too long after that all of us russ and matthew and evan and ted where we were all kind of uh, maybe, you know, going there together and, and praying and staying up a little later than uh, midnight to to have some really good conversations. Nice. And and Holy Hour became Broly Hour, right? Yeah. So that's kind of cool. It did. Yeah. Weren't there some barbecues that happened after these events? Oh, yeah, there was. There was the barbecue. I think that was before the Holy Hour at, at Presque Isle. And as, as I recall, some of us were a little too 
enthusiastic with pouring on the lighter fluid oh. while the meat was cooking. What? <laughs> You're not supposed to do that, are you? I mean, uh... Yeah, we, we figured that out the hard way. You guys do a lot of things outside this faith-based um, deal, right, Ted? Yeah, well, just like come, when we come out to my house, because I live out in Middle Island Point, and just maybe have a bonfire in my backyard, or maybe we'll get together and go fishing like we have in the past. Just fun things like that outside. Just kind of enjoy nature and God's creation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so so we talked about family. There's, there, there, I did some math. I don't know if I'm right. I think I counted 29 total kids in all these four families. So how do the siblings... Uh, react to their brother being a bro Evan? uh you know i think especially for my little brothers i've got a brother who's 11 i think and one who's like 10 9 uh something like that it gets it gets confusing <laughs> but uh they uh they, scorecard yeah yeah i know i need my cheat sheet i forgot it but they they definitely admire it definitely look forward to to being able to have that when they're when they're older and able to drive themselves and and communicate with their friends on their own and stuff. So I think I think it's a really good example to to the younger siblings and that also my sisters they uh, they've they've followed suit and do do similar things with their friends. Uh, so they they definitely approve of it. They're not they're not jealous or anything. So so they're kind of taking a lead from you. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a, a really solid idea to to have your friends and go pray with them. I think that's uh, that's probably one of the best things you can do to have good friendships and to to have a good life outside of that. Yeah. Now, Eamon, you have quite a few kids in your family, right? I do. Yes. Yes. Five. Uh, all seven younger. Five sisters. Yeah. So what what do they think of of the bros? Oh, I I think they like them. They like they like my my bro friends they're all pretty good guys so i uh i've been blessed to have very supportive siblings which is, is not hard to have when you have good good strong guy friends around but they definitely look up to the like the kind of friend group and the kind of community that we've tried to cultivate amongst ourselves and they've kind of taken it on the, in their own way too so my sisters are friends with some of even like evan and Matthew's family. So Ted's on the younger side. So we, we his his siblings aren't the same age as most of my siblings, but we see them around sometimes too. So, but they they've they've also taken that on with other friends within like the church community, who they really uh, have been able to get to know and spend time with. So, but they also love to be around like the, the they're all very close with each other. So they've been able to have that like tight knit community among siblings which has been great for them so yeah it's it's an interesting concept i think you know you guys getting together uh, and praying and doing things such a in such a faithful way that you must have kind of stood out in high school as sort of the religious kids is that would that be a fair assessment so definitely, for and, sure. And were there others, or is this a fairly small number of people who are sort of religious at uh, secular high school? This is all Mark at high school we're talking about, right? Mostly. Yeah. Um, I think Eamon went to Iron Mountain. Okay. But the, And then Evan was homeschooled. All right. So, um, so but still, did, you, did anybody give you a hard time about this? 
Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, just, like, stand out and, like, stand up for your faith in the face of, like, a secular culture when it's, like, so countercultural that everything that's, like, being promulgated or taught, it definitely stands out. And it definitely, you do get some hard times for it. I mean, I played hockey and, like, all the guys at the team were like, why does this guy go to Mass on Sunday? Why yeah. does this guy pray? Like, and just really Absolutely. stood out. And so how do you react to that kind of thing? I think you just kind of have to just pray for them and just kind of be a good example of them because you might be the only person like that they experience in their life at yeah. some point and maybe it will come back and like say that example of that person really did have an impact on me it might just take a long time okay evan do you have any thoughts oh uh, you know not going to the the public high school it's it's definitely a little bit different but you know in sports and everything else i definitely experienced that and i think i think people are a lot of the times understanding for for a couple weeks or a couple sessions of you you being religious but then once they get more comfortable and they realize they're they're kind of like oh this is this is weird and then <laughs> then they start giving you a hard time for it really? uh, so i think it's good to make a good good first impression about it not it's important to try not to seem super weird because that that definitely makes people think oh and just just be understanding of of where people are at, not be judgmental. Oh, I'm Catholic, so I'm better than you. Yeah, so so maybe it's it's maybe kind of hard to figure out whether you should evangelize on this or just kind of lay low, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's a it's a fine line to walk. I think it's it's difficult, especially with people in high school and even our age. We're uh, we're all a little bit irrational sometimes. So um, uh, sometimes it's it's difficult to know is it is it right to to be like hey you want to pray a rosary right now yeah, or right. should i should i pray a rosary for this person by myself i see but any thoughts on that matthew yeah i think when it comes to evangelizing other people that you may know you have to be careful you have to like draw the line between trying to like do something to them and then just like sharing something that's important to you so yeah for me, it, it's so much more effective to create a friendship with somebody and, and then evangelize them than just to like try to try to talk about the faith all the time. Yeah. And, and so I, I was going to ask Eamon the same question. Yeah. So I, I, my, my experience is somewhere between Matthew, Ted, and, and Evans. So I, I went to public school. I went to Iron Mountain. And I, I definitely found myself walking, trying to find that line between how do I live out my faith and be a good Christian with other, with amongst peers, while also like, do I have like trying to figure out do I evangelize, like do I have these conversations a lot, or is it something that I just live out and kind of try to you know let my actions show who I am. And so I, I found myself a lot of the time, like being again like similar to Matthew, uh, you know, a friend to everyone that I like knew in school and was in class with, whoever I was working with. And for the most part, people were pretty like nice. They I didn't necessarily say all like my my faith background, where I came from, what I did on Sunday, going to mass, but I just tried to let my actions as a Christian, Catholic, if follower of Christ, permeate in just the way that I tried to love other people. And so that sometimes came into conflict in, 
in school when you know people were being a little difficult to to handle or sports teams so i played hockey like ted and and the locker room environment's not exactly the greatest atmosphere for cultivating christian community but yeah so it was it was both a, a challenge and and a, an opportunity for for you know trial and for 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 becoming a better better person so really like keeps you on your heels a lot too because you're always kind of being pushed to the boundaries of people especially if like when you take a strong stance believing in the faith mm-hmm. they might like question mm-hmm. why why would you, why do you believe that or like why because no one else like everyone else thinks the other way it really does push you on your heels and kind of puts you in a corner sometimes and it's really challenging yeah mm-hmm. and sort of this day and age even it, it's even more strident against the whole faith thing. I mean, it used to be, oh, this person is religious. Okay, that's all right. But now, nowadays, people, and I don't want to get too controversial here, as you <laughs> said, but now it's like wrong in a lot of people's mind to mm-hmm. to believe in God and that kind of uh, thing and to follow a faith-based journey. Would you agree with that, Brian? No, I agree, and I, I think it, you know, it's not only the challenge that they face in these athletic environments, but at times in the, within the public school, you have different teachers and different leaders basically poo-pooing the faith, actively trying to criticize it in class, in front of the class, and it's a real challenge. You know, I'm aware of a lot of situations where these young men have stood up and said, hey, enough. And we're not going to stand for this. So, do you really proud of them? Yeah. And do you have any examples of that where you sort of stood up, Evan, for your faith, or do you? Again, you said you kind of like to lay low a little bit. What is it? Yeah. I mean, oh, you're putting me on the spot, so I, I know, can't. I, I can't think of a good one. But I know, I know quite a few times it's been like, Evan, what what's this all about? Uh, people people like to think they're disproving the faith a yeah, lot. Exactly. Um, and in those situations, I'm not a theologian. No, I was Catholicly educated through high school, but I uh, I don't know everything, obviously. So I think I think one of the best things to do, and what I what I found to be most effective, is say I'm I'm not sure how to answer that right now, but I'll uh, I'll talk to you tomorrow. You know, I'll read about it, and I'll I'll your point is valid. Don't don't say oh you're you're dumb. You don't know what you're talking about. You're not a cool Catholic. But yeah. uh, just just try to try to be understanding and make them or convince them to understand because when people are criticizing the faith that's a that's a good time to evangelize to them because they started the conversation about it right that's right and maybe that's sort of what you do is wait for somebody to bring it up which probably happens a lot right? yeah yeah for sure why did you guys what I'll start with Matthew what is your reason for this lifestyle that you've chosen in terms of following God? I would say that God is is the source of life. And so I need to follow him and live in this lifestyle that I'm striving for so that I can be more alive and and live live the life that I'm supposed to. That I that will will give me the most life. Okay. Evan, how would you answer that question? Why why are you doing this? To put it simply, I, I want to go to heaven. I think that's that's the ultimate goal for all of us. I think this this really helps to to have guys that 
that you share your faith with and can talk about and when you're struggling it's not it's not always easy for any of us we all have things come up and to be able to talk to people about it and get that have that perspective where it's it's coming from a point of faith not the secular world amen what is the reason for your choice to to follow god in this way in part, certainly my, my parents, like, raising me with, with that faith. But I think, I mean, it just, it just comes down to who we are as human beings and what our, what our purpose is. So we're very—we we all, I think, tend to ask the question, why, and for good reason. So I was reading in a, for a class earlier this semester St. Augustine's book, On Order. And in the very first sentence, he says, there is an order— within things and between them that binds and directs this world. And immediately that just kind of hit me in terms of just how like purposeful th this world is just the, like the, the ramifications of that sentence. If there is order to things that is responsible for like the order that does bind the world and holds things together and connects things, then there's a, important there are like huge ramifications to that as to like how we should live our lives and i think evan put it beautifully i mean we i think all of us want to go to heaven i want to go to heaven and so christianity and is is like the source god is the source and the eucharist is the source and summit of the faith so have the opportunities that we get to go to mass and to receive the eucharist and the opportunities that we have to spend in an adoration before our Lord, who's present in the Eucharist, are like the most important parts of our life they, and that everyone needs um, and that we should be praying for everyone to be able to, to, to get. So, This sounds like one of those discussions, late night uh, cathedral discussions, right? This is kind of the way it works. Oh, yes. Yeah. Ted, what is your reason for, for following God like you do? I think it's it's... Like Evan and Eamon put it, it's we're all trying to find truth and we're all trying to like be saints. Because, I mean, there's that universal call to holiness, especially like the Second Vatican Council put forth. And I think we're all trying to strive for that and strive to be fulfilled in seeking the truth and finding that in God. And like Eamon was saying, it's how like we can find that fullness in receiving the sacraments and praying before the Blessed Sacrament, all that stuff. It really is fulfilling. And it's like the source of like all beatitude, essentially, as Aquinas would say. Okay, uh, while we've got Ted here, you're talking about the impact on your own lives mm -hmm. and maybe even on your families, but what about the world, the larger world? Do you think you can have an impact on the world with the way you live? I think so. I mean, especially like whatever vocation I'm called to and whatever job I end up doing, because I'm right now I'm heading on the path where I think I'm going to go to medical school and maybe encountering people in my job and my workplace and the patients I see by being just kind of that light of Christ to them and just not even explicitly evangelizing them, but, but just by being a good example to those around me, I think that really can draw people into the faith. Cause I mean, like St. Francis of Assisi says, like the greatest way to bring people in is not by necessarily preaching the gospel, but by your actions. Definitely. And so Evan, I'll ask you a two part question. What do you plan to do? future as a career and how would you use your faith to impact the people you encounter yeah so similarly to ted i'm uh, i'm studying for a medical field i'm i'm in a nursing school so i plan on being a nurse and i think absolutely that 
people who who see patients as uh, images of of Christ, you know, made in the image and likeness of Christ, are gonna are gonna treat them differently. And when you're that that example to people, they're they're gonna ask questions. They're gonna say, "How how's this guy? How's he providing differently than than the other people?" And eventually, it's gonna lead them to Christ. And it might not be every patient, obviously, but I, I think hopefully some of them, I, I, can, I can help both physically and spiritually. And same question for you. What's, what, what is the plan for Matthew in the future, and how can you bring your faith uh, to bear on that? So this summer I'm going to be a totus tuus missionary. Now what does that mean? Totus tuus means totally yours. Mm-hmm. And so... That I'll be going around the UP and running this this youth program, which which just helps kids grow in their faith, and I participated in it for my for my middle school and high school and stuff. So I want to give back with that. But after that, I'll be going to Michigan Tech to study land surveying, and I plan to be a member of St. Al's and help evangelize. Catholic Christianity on the Michigan Tech campus. And after that, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> a long life. We'll be back with the bros in a minute, but we'd like to take this opportunity to acknowledge the contributions so many have made to the faith life of the young people we're talking to today. We recognize that behind all the influential experiences that helped form the strong faith lives of these young men, there was an army of individuals that led by example through their time, talent, and treasure, making these experiences possible. At the top of this list, we recognize parents who do their best as role models for these youth and who work to provide a Christ-centered home environment. The parent is on the front line of introducing the Catholic life to their children, making sure they receive the sacraments, getting them to church, helping them to be part of the Catholic community, we thank the priests, deacons, sisters, Catholic school teachers and staff, Catholic faith formation leaders who with Christ are the foundation of our churches and the teachers of our faith. We thank all the people that organize, manage, transport and help fund the influential events these young men are discussing. Most of these people are volunteers and others who may not directly participate, but they share the wealth that helps to provide the funds needed to make these events possible. As we hear today, all these contributions of time, talent, treasure, and perhaps most of all, prayers, are producing great fruit in our youth. Thank you for all you do. And we'll be back with part two of The Bros next.